What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we are back and ready to dive into some spooky content. We back, baby. Did you miss us? We're dusting off the cobwebs and picking the mics back up, hanging the mics back up. Wherever you place your mics we're doing that (laughs) not in our hands as much as i wish that it was you do love them hand microphones you do (laughs) i don't know why i just anytime i watch a clip of people recording a podcast and they have a hand microphone it just makes i don't know it just seems so fun i I don't i'm (laughs) oh i wish i could hold this i wish i could hold it in my hands and i don't know what it is about it but something about it just feels so i'm recording a podcast Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that. Hey, future goals. Follow your dreams, Erica. Get you a get you a holding mic. I believe in it. Honestly, though, as much as I kind of use my hands when I'm speaking, it's probably for the best that I don't have a holding <laughs> mic because I imagine the audio would get real dicey. But I don't know. I might have to do it to them once or twice in the future. You only live once. Live you your best life. Once. You do only live once. And you know what? You only live once in October. <laughs> it's October. <laughs> love I'm, it. Best segue. <laughs> it's October. That's all that matters. It's the segue true. is irrelevant. The point, the most important thing is it's October. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and so exciting too. The the best time of the year. I know I say it every year, but it is. It's the best time of the year. It is the best time of the year. And it started to feel like October in September. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Always exciting. Um, so now that it is officially October, my excitement level has peaked. I'm already in the spirit, already in the mood. But of course, we were just also excited, looking very much forward to coming back from our little our little break. Very true. As some of you know who were listening before our break, or I guess previously, you'll know that we took a little bit of time off to kind of reassess and get our bearings due to the strike going on and like Mm -hmm. us having to pivot coming into spooky season. But we have had some fun developments in that regard because at least the writer's half of the strike has ended officially, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. It seems like they've come to an agreement that they are happy with. So that's great. Awesome news. Fantastic news. Uh, Very, very much happy for them and about that. That being said, we are still in the middle of the SAG strike. Uh, The writing strike ending does not necessarily mean that there will be a quick end for SAG, but it does give hope that maybe soon an agreement will come for them that they are also happy with. But until that happens, we are still in the same spot we were when we left in the sense of we are still going to be working within SAG guidelines and covering films that meet their criteria. And that is not struck work. But I will say we've 
done a little bit of work. We've been putting mm-hmm. in a little bit of research to figure out what films uh, we can we can still cover for you guys. And we have found a way that makes that a little bit easier. And so we're actually really excited. We are finding that we do have some movies that we can cover that we honestly weren't sure about before. Um, so that's exciting. That being said, a lot of the Halloween and October focused films might not fall in there, might not fit into that criteria. So um, this uh, we we might not have a bunch of movies this month that are specific to Halloween and October, but that don't matter because they're horror movies, you know? So like mm-hmm. we're still going to be covering our bread and butter. We're still going to make it as spooky as possible this month. And we've also got some other fun things lined up for you guys, um, whether that be maybe some extra content or uh, some theming for our episode. So we've still got a plan that we're very, very excited for. Um, But if there are specific movies that you guys were hoping we would cover this October, just don't don't be disappointed if we perhaps push those out. We (laughs) might have to push a couple of them back. Saw <clears throat> The Exorcist. <clears throat> a, a couple, a couple maybe pre-planned movies that we had before, but don't right. worry. At some point, whenever the strike's over, we will oh. definitely be covering those. Oh, we're going to get to them. But you know what? Uh, shout out to us for doing the Halloweenathon last year <laughs> when <laughs> we could do so. Um, so for anybody who has not listened to those episodes, if you want to hear our thoughts on that entire franchise and listen to it in October, um, go back to October of 2022 and listen to all four of those episodes. But with all that being said, Gotta be honest here, still very, very excited for our first October pick here. Yeah. Cause this is a movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you right now in real time. I had to double check like three times to make sure that we hadn't already covered this film because I feel like we've talked about it before. We have, funnily enough, this is a movie that we had actually picked to cover, I think a year ago. We were gung-ho about it. And then decided not to cover it because just coincidentally at the same time that we were going to do it, some other podcasts did it and we didn't want to have them all come out at the same time. So Mm -hmm. we decided to push it back and never really chose a time to push it back to and then just (laughs) never came back to it. But it's honestly, this is one of those movies that falls under the category of I cannot believe it has taken us this long to talk about it no absolutely especially when we got a micah monroe movie because you know we stand her around this podcast yeah and i feel like i know for a fact we've mentioned brought up this movie in conversations uh, we've referenced this film and somehow just never did a full coverage of it so it worked out perfectly um i'm actually really really excited to discuss this movie because also it, it's been a while as much as I love this movie. It has been a while since I had last seen it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went through a big old burst, um, particularly after it first came out the first few years. I feel like I went through a, a time where I was watching it a lot, a lot. And I haven't gone back to it in a while, which is 
a bit of a bummer, but I was really, really excited to go back to it for this episode. And I'm very excited to discuss it this episode as well, because I have just noticed things about this movie that I somehow never noticed before. And mm. I don't think, and I think the only reason I did is because I was looking at it with a critical lens that I mm -hmm. normally wasn't in the past. Um, so I'm excited to talk about these things that somehow past Erica never noticed. Oof, okay. I'm excited to see what Detective Erica has discovered. Mm -hmm. But first, I know it's been a little bit, but we got some business we got to handle before we start talking about the film. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, talking about how scary it is, no? Yeah. So, scare scale. On a scale of one to five, five being the scariest and one being not scary, not one little bit. Where do you think it follows lies? Okay. So, I'm going to say, now, from the get, I've seen this movie maybe like three or four times at this point. So, mm -hmm. some of the scares have diluted a little bit. But I think on like a first time watch, I'm gonna give this movie like a four, dude. A four oh, out shit. of five. Yeah. Okay. Um, not so much for like heavy, like, oh, I'm out to like scare you, scare you, jump scare you, but just the amount of psychological taunting that this movie does, the level of anxiety that this creature and the plot, I think, provides for the viewer mm -hmm. and for that tall man scare. I think that there are enough elements in here for it to be a four out of five, personally. Right. And see, that's where I think I am a bit conflicted on this movie is because I do think that there are some moments that are very successful scares. But that does not... I still don't feel like it's necessarily a scary movie. Mm -hmm. But it is hard because I, I do agree with you. Those moments are pretty fucking scary. Like... I do remember the first time watching this, them making me jump. And I do still kind of anticipate them every time I rewatch this movie. But I think it's just taking this movie as a whole, I would maybe give it like a three. Um, okay. Because I do think that the premise is pretty creepy, pretty scary. I do think it sets up a very tense atmosphere and sets up this feeling where you're kind of always watching the screen on the edge of your seat, not knowing what's going to happen next in a in a really successful way. But I don't know that it will make you scared the uh, the whole way through as much as you might just be a little bit a little anxious, a little tense. Yeah, no, I, I fully get that. I, I feel like a lot of the fear of this movie for me is more like paranoia. Um, yeah. But for this specific episode, I'm going to pull those two together and just call this call this bad boy scary. But I, I fully understand where you're coming from. I, too, am conflicted about how, quote unquote, scary it is. Right. But c'est la vie. It is what it is. If you combine our scores, it's a solid 3.5. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, we are talking about It Follows from 2014. This movie was directed and written by David Robert Mitchell and is starring Micah Monroe as Jay, Keir Gilchrist as Paul, Lily Seppi as Kelly, Olivia Lucardi as Yara, Jake Weary as Hugh slash Jeff, 
and Daniel Zavato as Greg. Jay is your average everyday college student. She lives in a quaint suburb with her sister, Kelly, and friends, Paul and Yara. But everything changes for Jay after a sexy encounter with her new flame, Hugh. After being knocked out and bound by her new boy, Jay learns that he's given her a curse. Something is going to follow her. This thing could be anyone, and it won't sleep, and it won't stop until she's dead. Insert human origami, naked strangers, and the world's most dangerous pool party here. Our film concludes with Jay forced to make a decision. Pass this thing to someone like Hugh did to her, or spend the rest of her life running, hoping this thing never catches up. Also, what the fuck, mom? Roll credits. <laughs> Weird. <Yo. laughs> that scene still makes me uncomfortable, even on the third to fourth time through. The, the idea of that Greg scene still makes me feel the ick. Why? Because she, like she's naked, <laughs> and then she's like <laughs> riding him like <laughs> like genuine, <laughs> like genuine requested. <laughs> well, partially that, but also because it's his mama. That's so weird. Right? He's he's wearing his mama's face and her body. <laughs> but <laughs> I just love. Oh man! I mean. <laughs> I just Greg's <laughs> Greg's whole dealing of that entire situation is just this man is oblivious, just living in his own little Greg world, doesn't mm. hear the glass break <laughs> to get into his fucking house, <laughs> assumes his mom is banging down his door, which his mom wasn't even home at the time. Yeah. She's not even there. Uh, but and I also love the look on his face when he opens the door and like takes her in from head to toe <laughs> because it's just such a slow realization. It is. It is. But I'm not going to lie. I feel like if my mama showed up at my door in that same position, wearing that same stuff, um, I would equally be confused <laughs> slash traumatized by it. So I'm not faulting Greg too much. for it. That would have been my what the fuck, mom. I wouldn't have even said it. <laughs> Until I opened the door, and I would be like, "What the fuck, mom?" But he didn't even get a chance because she cheetah launches onto him, mm -hmm. takes him the out. The way that she pounces, that part is funny to me. There's <laughs> Rare. <so> <laughs> like there's something about the airtime that she gets yeah. that always makes me chuckle. She pounces. It's pretty wild, but drawing back, mm -hmm. drawing back to Just take it, take it back, take yeah, it back <laughs> to to weeks earlier than than this actual moment with Greg. Mm -hmm. Um, Roshane, what's up? I must know what is in your notebook. Would okay. you, would you, you when you cracked it open? Crack that <laughs> spine open. <laughs> <laughs> Blew off the dust. Blew off the dust and wrote in it. What was the first thing that you noticed? Well, the first thing I noticed this time around is it's the same thing I notice every time I watch this film. And it's the same thought that I have every single time. And it's, girl, 
ditch those heels. Thank Why are you still wearing them you. shoes? Thank you. Every time I watch this movie, I'm just not the stilettos <laughs> for the chasing. Come on, girl. It's you know what? Here's the thing, too, is like I say that and I mean that and I feel that with my whole body and soul. Um, but I do recognize that for imagery sake, it's a fun choice because like, it's just so <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. Okay. It's just such a strange image, right? Right. Because like, she's out there, she's like in her underwear, she's got the t-shirt on, but she's still got the stilettos on. Why? Like, I remember the first time I watched this movie, my eyes just couldn't look away from the shoes because I'm just like, what circumstance would have you in this particular look right now? Like, how'd you get here? Right. And like a lot of this opening sequence, one, by the way, I love this opening sequence. I think this whole yeah. section with Annie is fantastic. So um, good. But there's just so much what the fuck to this beginning. And I feel like the stiletto heels just add to that. It does, but I'm not going to lie. It's hard. <laughs> Running in heels is so hard. It just mm -hmm. looks so taxing. If it, but the thing that is pretty, I can't fault Annie too much for not just kicking those bitches off because we do soon realize that she's kind of given up. This isn't, mm. she's not really trying, like she's scared and she is trying to buy a little bit of time. But by the end of this scene, we do see that she's kind of just said, you know what? That's a wrap. This life on the run, it ain't the life for me. Understandably so. But oh my gosh, it does hurt me to see her click clacking <laughs> and stomping around in those heels. Now, realistically, we don't know what had happened previously in that house. Realistically, mm -hmm. if it were a moment of sheer panic, she probably would have had two completely different shoes on. One flip-flop and one, like, boot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just it reminds me of when you just throw shoes on because you're like, oh, shit, I got to run, like, down my driveway and put the trash out really quick or something. Mm -hmm. But I will say, for the imagery, when she is broken in half and that has that one leg stuck up with the heel on like a Barbie doll, that mm -hmm. is a cool shot. Like, of it just is. her heel sticking up. That is a cool shot. Oh, absolutely. It's such a great reveal. But I also have to think, too, here's the thing. She doesn't have pants on, but she's got these stilettos on. So you are right. We don't know what happened previously that led her out into that street, right? If she had pants on, I feel like I wouldn't be so caught up in, like, why you got the heels on. But, like, why do you have shoes on <laughs> in just your underwear? Right. Is she in underwear or is she in shorts? I can never tell. One, one possibility... Because this kind of leads into the next thing. Let's talk about our, our boy Hugh, Hugh Jeff. Mm -hmm. um, what you could potentially say is, imagine Annie is, well, she is. Annie is a, is a victim of Hugh. Mm -hmm. Like, that is to be assumed, is that Annie is one of the girls that he was slept with, which is why it has trickled now back to Hugh. I, that's mm -hmm. what I always assumed. Right. And so you could think that maybe this is post their date and all that stuff happening maybe the whole chloroform thing is something that he did to jay because he didn't 
he explained it to Annie and maybe she didn't take him seriously. And then just like all that shit happened. And then she kind of just like, maybe this is literally like the next day after they slept together, after they went on a date, he dropped her off, weird shit popped off. Annie went and she died. Cause I'm just wondering, I just have to wonder where, how did we get here? Hugh, how did we jump to chloroforming, women and tying them up to wheelchairs and mm-hmm. putting them in abandoned structures in the woods how did we figure out that that was the best method <laughs> to <laughs> describe what is going on and also how did we get there without being caught by the police previously i would have to assume that that's not something that he has done for everybody i don't right. know <laughs> it's yeah, that's the thing is like now, granted, after a couple of viewings of this and after reading some stuff, I understand the idea that this entire film is kind of in a dream like world. Like, right. the world is not supposed to be a logical world. Things are supposed to be a little bit off. It's supposed to be a bit more akin to a nightmare. So certain things don't really need to make sense. Um, but I will say the the moment before for this film It's alluded to in a logical way, but like you just brought up, I feel like when you really sit and think about like, okay, what happened with all of these characters literally like two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. It gets it gets real muddy because Annie's situation, it could be the next day or she could have been dealing with the thing for weeks at this point. And that's why she's at this point of giving up, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Hugh handling this. Who knows how many times Hugh has now passed this on before he decided to take the chloroform method <laughs> with with Jay. Right. Um, there's like all of these questions. And also, why does why does no one help Annie when she's clearly distressed well, in the middle of the street? Well, that lady offered. The lady did offer. She, she said, you need some help? That... <laughs> <laughs> Which, what a black... <laughs> What a black person in the suburbs <laughs> way to handle that. Literally. Like that honestly, you bring up a great point. Cause I, I think that might be the most realistic part of this whole film <laughs> is the neighbor very like bare minimum seeing, hey, are you okay? And getting the confirmation and just completely moving on going, with their day. Okay. Look, the neighbor was unloading groceries. She had a long day. She said, I'm going to check on you, Annie. Annie, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? okay? Okay. Good. Because I'm going inside. And she did. And Annie was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then keeps going. But I mean, her dad also really does not know how to handle the situation either. He is mm-hmm. very, very much confused. Which I do love the one of the things I love about this movie is the parents being a very far removed aspect of this film being very much present but not integral to the situation at all Mm -hmm. they are there and they are it's clear that they are involved in their kids lives but I do like that this is very much a kids having to take this situation into their own hands kind of a story very nightmare on elm street yes yes very reminiscent of an 80s horror film where it's like teenagers who have to figure navigate this 
terrifying situation on their own and as a result kind of handle it as teenagers would mm -hmm. um and i think we see that a little bit here with the dad but we see it a lot with jay's mom and mm -hmm. to a certain degree even greg's mom i she <laughs> she's there for a moment in time and we know that she lives there and stuff but we also see that greg and jay and her sister kind of gallivants all over detroit for multiple days on end without anyone really checking for him mm -hmm. um which just feels very 80s yeah but coming back to hugh uh or <laughs> jeff as we will learn later right but hugh in this moment i i will say thinking back to like the first time i watched this movie i do think the way that the reveal is handled is mm -hmm. very well done because for all intents and purposes, the date seems normal outside of the weird freakouts that Hugh is having. Right. And the fact that we don't know yet, like, what is going on with Hugh, I love the setup of things. Because, like, we will see this again later with the way that Jay's friends, uh, the way that Jay's friends respond to her dealing with this new creature. Mm -hmm. Because a lot because so when you have this curse or whatever only you and the other people that have the curse can see this thing everybody yeah. else is just living their normal life so during the date with hugh hugh keeps acting so strange and he's like he's pointing out these like seemingly banal things that we learn later on have a very large significance mm -hmm. and i'll give it to him for somebody who is like consistently walking away from death He's hiding it pretty well for the most part right. outside of like the theater. I think that Which was is his biggest freak out. Bold. <laughs> it's bold, first of all, to go to a movie theater mm -hmm. as a date. In general. In that sort of a scenario. <laughs> as a date, just re <laughs> regardless, <laughs> even if everything was normal, it's bold to go to a movie theater as a date. But to go to a place where you know you're not going to be able to leave for an hour and a half is very much a bold choice where and you also can't see the people you around can't you see, and the only real approach path would be from behind mm -hmm. where, like that is wild but yeah it's it's i feel like that's something too that makes the situation with jay and everything that happens is the way that hugh handles things almost even more kind of violating because Hugh is seemingly a person who is very into her. They've been on multiple dates. She likes him. They get to know each other. And he kind of plays this long con where it does almost feel like he is cares about her and is interested in her. And then he completely switches. And I feel like that's just an extra element that is violating to mm -hmm. Jay and to what he does. Because he didn't have to he he didn't have to pick someone in that manner regardless it's always shitty right the idea of passing this thing on is always going to be a fucked up situation it's mm -hmm. never going to be something that you can do lightly and i think we do see with hugh that he has reached a point where he has probably had it for a while and is getting very desperate but that's why it almost seems even worse that he takes time and and like wine and dines her rents a fucking fake house to give her the address for does all of this extra stuff 
to kind of gain her trust. But I do also think that that is kind of like what I was alluding to with potentially what could have happened with Annie is I do think that after some time, it seems like he has realized that he can he needs to find people that will buy him more time than just random people who will just get killed right away. Because yeah. it's like, what would do you how would it do you good if you just have a one night stand with some stranger? Mm-hmm. They don't trust, they don't know anything about you, they don't believe you try and tell them this thing, they don't believe you. And then it comes to fruition, they probably die right away. Yeah. But like the method that he takes is so fucked up. But does cause Jay to be a little bit more, take it more serious than if he was just some guy. Mm -hmm. Like she does put stock in what he says and kind of believe him quicker than I think if it had just been some guy. Not, But it's still like so fucking gross, like and horrible what he does. Yeah, it's no, absolutely. I... The weird thing is, is he is such an asshole for the way that he does Jay dirty. But I, I wonder how much he, I wonder how much he actually does care at all about Jay. Only really for the fact that later on when they find him, not like he offered up his help, but like when they found him, he was very open to giving them information and like, he wasn't like, oh, shit, you found me. And then, like, tried to, like, run off right. or anything. He was like, okay, well. And even in the very fucked up nature with which he presents this creature to Jay, I feel like, you know, the wheelchair and the tying up was a little bit much. I understand that you really are trying to get your point across. Um, but it is, it is like, it's hard because it's like, one, he doesn't leave her there to suffer. But at the same time, like, there's always this level of, like, he has things to gain from her right. surviving. Her so survival it's like, is his survival. Right. So, like, I, I, I flip-flop because I'm just like, there are times when it seems like he actually cares, but then I think I think about it harder. I'm like, mm. maybe he only cares because if anything happens to her, oh, yeah. he has to deal with the shit again. So, She's a human I don't know. Shield. Maybe I take it back. <laughs> she is a human shield. This man just wants to make sure his, his four-year warranty is in, in, intact because mm-hmm. it's like he does give this stuff to her, freaking dumps her out on the street in front of her house in her underwear, yeah. dress, skirts, leaves fucking tire marks skir- skirting out in the neighborhood yeah. and then disappears. And like, yeah, he cares yeah. as much as Jay can survive, which mm-hmm. she does. And nah, like, you're right. He ain't shit. He congratulations ain't shit. to him, I guess, because <laughs> Jay fucking survives and has like people who care about her. But yeah, he ain't, he really ain't shit because he um he basically his best advice for her is like, oh, you should just have sex with someone else, which is so callous to just throw it out there like, oh, just sleep with someone else. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Was that important to you to just not have sex with random people? But you should probably do that. It's like, OK. <laughs> OK, <laughs> sir. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's this. Um, just that whole premise. There's two horrors in this in this film. There is the horror of this entity who is always always going to be a threat, no matter what. Is always going to be a threat. That's the one horror. And then there is the horror of losing control of your body and like putting your faith into this person who takes advantage of you 
and gives you something that you can't get rid of. And there's, you know, the whole STD analogy and the fact that it's something that can only be passed on through such an intimate act. And the fact that that's something that Jay has to now just take on and and figure out what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just such a wild, (laughs) like, I feel like on paper, this premise does not seem like it should work. It right. Yeah. I mean, I just feels when like when I, evil STD is what yeah. it like reads on paper. But yes, but it's so it really the two of them come together very very well. Like the two ideas and the two horrors, I feel like blend so well because yeah. the entity does become kind of a background, and then you do have this kind of moral dilemma, and I feel like when. And like when the demon comes into the foreground, you kind of forget that that's another aspect of it. And then it kind of forces you to remember. And it also forces Jay to remember and kind of try and figure out what she wants to do with Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, it's a great design for like something to have to combat during the movie. And it also offers up for some great sequences, too, where you get to not only fuck around with the characters but you get to mess with the audience as well because there are so many sequences of random people quote unquote walking towards camera and at some point you do get kind of used to it like you said like it kind of becomes background but you're also just always watching it the director loves to have the creature just show up out of nowhere especially like when people are like mid-conversation or whatnot so it's like you're focused on other things but then you see that in the corner of your eye that somebody just kind of creeping up and you're like, wait a minute. They, they have been walking in a straight line for a hot second, haven't they? <laughs> have they blinked? Mm-hmm. Did they check their watch? Like, is that a real person? What's going on? Like, what's happening? Right. It's like, it's just such a, I feel like it's such a good idea for this very subtle horror where, yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like you would never think about that as being scary until it happens. Yeah. But this idea of someone unflinching, unwavering, just consistently following you at a slow pace, but an unstoppable pace is crazy. Yeah. Because I I think it just builds on that idea of you are always going to be paranoid. So no, regardless, say you sleep with 50 people. You put 50 people in between you. Mm-hmm. You still don't ever know when those 50 people get taken out. So you don't know how much time you've bought. You don't know how much distance you've bought. So I feel like even what, what kind of life can you live with this? Is it, is, I, I don't blame Annie because it's like, is it even <laughs> worth it? Because at some point, you're just going to be so paranoid for the rest of your life. You're going to be on the run for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You can't settle down. You can't gain roots. You can't have a future, not one that's stable. So yeah. what kind of life can you really have with this kind this cloud over your head? Mm-hmm. And no way to get rid of it. Yeah. Truly get rid of it. Yeah. Fantastic monster design, in my opinion. Also, in this film, we do have a, 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 a nice cast of characters Uh, with Jay and all of her friends slash her sister, Kelly. Uh, And I'm curious, how did you feel about most of this group? You know, one thing I will say, 
I love Kelly and Jay's relationship. I mm-hmm. think that what I like what they did with them because I do feel like a lot of times, especially when you get this younger, older dynamic, it would be so easy to go that route if they don't get along. But mm-hmm. they do. You can tell, you know, you, they obviously have their little sibling things where they get on each other's nerves, mm-hmm. but they have a very lovely relationship. They enjoy each other's company. They care about each other. They support each other. And I particularly love that Kelly is the one who kind of brings her friends in to help Jay. Yeah. It's not like it's Jay's friends. Who, and exactly. they, they are they because are, they've grown up. But yeah, but really they're Kelly's friends and they've all grown up together. So they care about Jay. But really, she's bringing in people, and then you have Greg, and then there's Greg, <laughs> and then Greg <laughs> who gets pulled in on his own, sort of. But um, yeah, I I really love their relationship. I think it's very well done. Yara's cool. She's a she's a cool character in the sense that she's just kind of there. Dude, I, I I love Yara. She's, I so, love, she's so much fun to me. <laughs> she is fun. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun to have a character that's just so ride or die. Knows no, has no fucking idea what's going on, but is like. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. We can go. She I'll has chill like and read some poetry. <laughs> yeah, she has like a shell phone that cute. She's reading on the entire time, um, and she naps a lot. I, I, Yara is me for real, for real. I'm just, <laughs> I really do find that I am Yara, and I do believe I would be her in this sort of a situation. Let's talk about Paul. <laughs> Let's talk about Paul. Let's talk about Paul. It's so funny. <laughs> hmm. Paul to me is like, he's really skating that line because he is kind of the epitome of like, ah, why are you keeping me in the friend zone, Jay? But also yeah. like... He's the where's my hug guy. Yeah. A little I, bit. A little bit. <laughs> and it's like, I flip flop on it because like he, he, he on, on a fundamental level, he cares. I get yeah. it. But at the same time, with the way that the situation is, Paul, I'm gonna need you to think with your other head, man, because like some of the shit that you say, some of the actions that you are trying to take are just so dumb and right. all just in the pursuit of you just want Jay that badly. Like, calm yeah. the thirst, have a drink, my friend. Paul is just so down in the trenches, just astronomically down bad, Jay, <laughs> which you know, whatever. It's fine. I get it. You have a crush on, you've always had a crush on Jay. Probably she's the older girl. She's beautiful. There's this, like, they make remarks in this movie about how Jay is so beautiful and she's so nice. And yeah, I get that. Um, but Paul is a little, he's giving a little bit, my lady, uh, <laughs> I, I am here for your service. My, my so radiant my queen. <laughs> My beautiful blonde-haired raven. <laughs> like he's just been, like he gives that a little bit, and it's uh, you're right in the sense that like Paul is not a bad person. Seeming he's not a bad person, bad character, bad friend, but yeah, he gets a little one-track minded at times, where he does give off this, which I do think is just once again a product of his age because mm-hmm. he's in high school and. We don't never get total clarification on exactly how old he is. But I will say this is the first time that I realized that Jay was in college. 
mm, and not mm-hmm. in high school. For some yeah. reason, every time I've watched this movie, I thought she was 18 and I thought that they were like 16 or something. Mm-hmm. But she's in college. They're in high school. Yeah. And so I don't I think that that shows a lot in the way that he reacts to things and responds to things is it's like at the end of the day, he is a kid trying to navigate this situation and kind of be the hero in this situation that is really out of his depth. But oh my gosh, it sometimes it pisses me off, particularly when they're in her bedroom post Greg getting his shit rocked. Mm -hmm. Greg is six feet under body's cold. He has been destroyed. And then Paul comes in. Jay is obviously really dealing with some regret because she finally slept with someone to kind of get some help and it ended horribly. Mm -hmm. She's obviously dealing with that, having a really rough time. Paul has the audacity to come in her room talking about, so why did you sleep with Greg and not me? I liked you too. It's going to be here sooner or later. You could pass it on. Did once. Shouldn't have. I could. No. I liked you too, you know. Why'd you pick Greg? I thought he'd be okay. He wasn't scared. Slept together in high school wasn't a big deal. I want to help. Do you? Like, huh? (laughs) My guy. My guy, read the room. <laughs> There's only one person in it, what? and she's clearly distressed. Not the time, Paul. What? What? Also, Paul. why is that where your mind goes to? This guy is dead. He yeah. is dead, dead. And the first thing you think, but he got to hit? Yeah. Oh, so like, what was it about Greg that you liked, but you didn't like in me? It's like, Yeah, Paul. well, you thought I couldn't die to some yeah. ethereal creature? You think I can't die as good as Greg can die? I want to help. <laughs> okay, so leave because you're <laughs> uh, being annoying. It's like Paul is I this it's so funny cuz I feel like the first times that I watched this, I was all about I was rooting for Paul. I was like, "Oh man, Paul and Jay should just get together." And then as I'm older now watching this back, Paul's priorities, I feel like he's another one of those people where it's hard and and I feel like even in this scene, Jay kind of gives him the same reaction of, do you want to do this because you truly want to help? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want to have sex with me? And yeah. Paul skates that line. I do think he does very, very much want to help. I do think he cares about Jay and I do think that he loves her. But I feel like the issue is that he his he is also in love with her. Yeah. And so he is not always acting from that idea of I just want to help her. He's like mm-hmm. very much putting all of his love and affection on this situation and making it be- seem like he's the only one who can save her. And it's like, P- 
Paul. You shot Yara and you didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Paul doesn't flinch, shoots her dead in the leg, doesn't give a fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so silly. Yeah, Paul, Paul's a character, but you, you bring up a great point, which is something that did resonate a little bit more this time and has with subsequent watches. Mm-hmm. It's just the idea that these these characters are kids and like i think pre in previous watches i've given them a little bit of shit just mentally in certain terms of like some of their plannings and some of their like ideas of how to stop this thing because it seems dumb or silly or like it just really feels like these plans don't see themselves all the way through specifically the pool sequence which we'll talk about here in a little bit Mm -hmm. but i do recognize now that it's like, if you were really a teenager thrust into this situation, you're not going to have the 100% foolproof plan of how to stop this. Right. Like, one, even as a full-grown adult, I can't conceptualize how the fuck you would deal with this in the long term. I don't know how. It, it just doesn't seem fair for me to then now expect, like, a, a 16, 17-year-old to have the answer of how to solve mm-hmm. this situation. Like, this is a really screwed up place to be. And they're yeah. just really trying to figure things out. Yeah, they have no idea what to do. And there's only so much they can do. Because I even feel like as an adult, you'd say, okay, well, let me get as much distance as I can. It's not like they can just leave permanently. Yeah. It's not they aren't adults that can just pick up their lives and start fresh in a new state or start fresh in a new country. It's not that easy. They don't have Mm -hmm. the money or the means to do so. So everything that they have to do, it has to be very, very small. It's like they can only do so much to figure it out. And yeah, that's this. They have this idea that they can outsmart this thing. But it's like one of the first things that Hugh says to Jay is that it's not dumb. It's it can't move quick, but it does have a brain in there and they (laughs) don't take that they don't they think that they can still outsmart it or or kind of outthink it in some way and they can't there's really nothing that they can do but that doesn't stop them from coming up with a very very like scooby-doo ass plan which mm-hmm. isn't a horrible idea i feel like on when when questionable they, I'll, I'll give it questionable <laughs> i feel like when they thought of it it probably did sound like a good idea. But I feel like as soon as they got there and realized that Jay would have had to be in the pool, normally that's when an adult (laughs) would say, oh, you know what? This is actually a really bad idea. But they don't have that. They have a (laughs) bunch of them, a bunch of teenagers (laughs) just trying to figure out the situation out. None of them thought that that would go poorly. And Mm -hmm. oh my God, it does. But I think too, something that I noticed this time that I don't normally pay attention to is I feel like there is a lot of imagery and ideas of kind of innocence and being a child put against this crazy situation that Jay is dealing with and this very adult thing that Jay is dealing with. Because we see a lot of like shots of the neighborhood kids playing or even like... um, when Jay comes back and like Kelly and them are playing old maid or they're just hanging Mm -hmm. out watching TV or 
when they're all in the when they're when she's in the pool in the beginning there are those like little shitty kids in the neighborhood all this stuff that feels very just carefree and young and innocent and fun and this idea that this night kind of like pushed her from that into this like crazy adult horrible mm. situation that I feel like you don't worry about that kind of stuff when you're a kid and you're young and you're like you're free and then all of a sudden this horrible thing happens and it's like your life has changed forever mm-hmm. and you can never go back to like the carefree life that you had and I, I think she says something about like oh when I was younger I just dreamed of like having freedom and like being older and kind of doing all this stuff and now I'm older and I don't know what to do yeah and Also, too, how these things that used to make them happy when they were younger now are things that they have to utilize to try and beat this creature. And it makes everything feel really dark and different. They mentioned about the pool and how they have all these old memories. It was like, oh, this is where we had our first kiss or this is where I drank my first beer. And now they use the pool as a way to try and defeat the creature. Or even with Greg talking about his summer or the other home that they go to stay at and how he used to go there with his dad on hunting trips. And now they're using it to kind of hide out from life and the scary thing that's pursuing them. And so how all of these things from their childhood that used to feel fun and carefree are now going to kind of be tainted with this memory. But it's also interesting that that's the stuff that they fall back on to protect them. That's all they kind of know as a safety blanket. And also, they he makes a comment, Greg makes a comment about how it's, like, really lonely because all of their friends from high school went away. They went to colleges elsewhere, and Jay and Greg stayed home. And, like, I feel like this also kind of took away, kind of like I said, this kind of took away the life that Jay maybe could yeah. have had. And now, like, she ain't, she ain't gonna have that life. Uh very true so the 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 main point of this film is don't go to college guys it will ruin your life or go to college out of state (laughs) i don't know try it try it if you can try it no but i do think you're on to something there i do think there is a lot of like back and forth in that way because outside of the actual creature stuff a lot of this movie is just kind of slice of life with these teenagers and like yeah. they're every day and like just hanging out and just being with each other. So I, I agree with you there and I see that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that I do love about this movie is the way that it kind of subverts you into forgetting that you're watching a horror movie a lot of a lot of the times where you're just like the scary thing happens and then there's just like so much character and so much, um, you know, friends and like this. And then all of a sudden the creature's back and like, it's very much mm-hmm. paralleling or it's very much a parallel to how Jay's mindset has to be right now, where it's like, you want to just sit and enjoy these little moments. But then every time you let your guard down, this thing, this, this looming cloud, as you called it earlier, just continuously comes back. And mm-hmm. like, not to sound too morbid, but I do think there are some parallels there there with like adulthood in that way of just like you want to just be have that freedom of like when you were a teenager or like when you were younger. But there's always something that's always kind of like, you know, in the back of your mind or like something that you have to deal with or some stress or something like that, that expels you from that from that um, feeling of innocence. So like. Mm-hmm. I do think that those parallels are there. We we talked about it a little bit earlier, but since we're in that same realm, 
the whole conversation about sex and like what that does to your innocence and like how it intertwines with this story, I do think was very smart. And this, I think this idea could have operated just fine without the sexual transmission part of it. But I like that it was included because it was one of those things where it wasn't just thrown in there just to have it be a thing. It really did add a lot to the plot and like the mm-hmm. the morality of these characters and the choices that they have to make um, where everything just kind of seamlessly blends together in such a great way. But I do think even with all of this stuff, all of this slice of life, going back to the scare scale, I think it has some great scary moments in it as well. Like I mentioned the tall man sequence, which yeah. I think for a lot of people is like, the scary scene of this movie the memorable Um, but even the beach sequence i think is phenomenal another one of my favorite parts of the movie Mm -hmm. like seeing you know the the fake yara come up and then like the hair pull and then them just having to deal with this creature in real time um i think a lot of that tension was very well done like i definitely give it up to david robert mitchell for just crafting and shooting this story in such a way that it's like it's very engaging to watch visually, um, but also mm-hmm. resonates on that emotional level as well. Yeah. I did read that, like, you got a lot of inspiration from, like, George A. Romero and, like, a lot of John Carpenter, um, which John Carpenter, you could definitely feel in the score, um, which this mm-hmm. this movie has a banging score. The, 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 the soundtrack mm-hmm. of this one, very fun. Um, I love the synthy, like, kind of lcd sound system in a way sort of vibe that a lot of the music has um so shout out to i think it's disaster piece who did the score for this thing because i think that it really helped with a lot of these scenes and these sequences i think the underscoring of the music was top notch like i was really down for it mm-hmm. yeah no same the soundtrack fits i think the because it everything just sounds so when it comes in, it's normally in these chase sequences or these moments where the demon, the sex demon <laughs> pops up. And it always just adds to the kind of chaotic feeling I feel that Jay has through a lot of this. And this sort of uneasy kind of I've got to we got to move, we got to go kind of feeling that I think a lot of this because a lot of this movie is just going from place to place and kind of figuring out their their next move and then like going from the beach back to the hospital to the house to the playground like a lot of it kind of are these moments in time that then just jump to new moments and I feel like the soundtrack really helps carry you into that next thing and it makes you feel just as frantic as Jay is in trying to just like get to her next desk destination get to her next place of safety if she can but no i agree with you the tall man sequence is so good and like where it's i i also love i think one thing that's really creepy and fun about this idea is that the that it changes that it can change its appearance even just within Mm -hmm. a moment and so even with that first sequence where it's the girl down in the kitchen and so you almost do expect to see the girl again and then it's a super fucking tall guy and you just it's just such a shock. And I think that's the same thing with the beach sequences. It starts as Yara. It becomes a tall man again for a moment. And then it's this kid who just bursts through this hole in the doll uh, in the door. And it's just so mm-hmm. random 
who is this child? I just, it's, yeah, I, I think that that's a really fun aspect of it too, is that it kind of changes yeah. what it's, what it is and it has no rhyme or reason. And even if it does look like someone, you know, there's still something just a little yeah. off, a little weird about them. Cause it's like, why is Greg in his pajamas when she right. sees him? Which, it <laughs> also brings up something, um, talking about things that didn't notice until, like, this watch. So even with, like, the last version of the creature that we get, I didn't realize that that was their dad. I had never picked that mm -hmm. up in any of my other watches until this time seeing the photo. I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, her reaction when he comes in is, like, very... At first, I was just like, oh, you're just reacting that way because y'all been waiting for a long time and, like, now it's finally here. Mm -hmm. But, like, now I'm understanding that there was, like, even more context to that sequence. Um, yeah. And that's why when Kelly asked what she's seeing, that's why she's like, I don't want to mm -hmm. tell you. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Um, I'm curious, mm -hmm. were there more things that you noticed this time around that you didn't in other watches? Okay. Yes. So every single time that I've watched this movie, I've always wondered why does she decide to sleep with Greg? Like I, every single time that I watched it, I've always, always just been confused by that. And then finally this time, I, I was like, oh, duh. She decides to sleep with Greg because she's stuck in the hospital and she needs to pass it on uh... now because it's like she can't leave the hospital. So if it comes, she's, she's like a yeah. sitting duck. And so she literally has to pass it on now. And her only choices are Greg or uh -huh. Paul. And so she sleeps with Greg. I never could understand like why. what made her just been... in that moment be like, all yeah. right, it's Greg time. Yeah, but it's like she's sitting there and she wakes up and she hears the footsteps and she starts to cry because she's like, oh, fuck, if this is it, this is it. And it's not, but she realizes that she does kind of have a ticking clock because she's going to be in the hospital for a couple mm -hmm. of days and she can't leave. And so, yeah, she sleeps with Greg. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> she sleeps with him in the hospital right now. True. Um, it does. I, I will say it does kind of beg the question, though, like, does the creature just let just chill out when you're sleeping, though? Because there are a lot of times like one when she's knocked out the first time. Like, why does it take so long for it to show up? And then, like, mm. I feel like when the characters are sleeping, I do think that that also, for me, at least begs the question of, like, does this creature care, like, if you're sleeping or not? Because even the hospital sequence, like, she's presumably out for a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. it seems like that would be the best time to roll up on Jay and finish her off, but... The creature seems pretty content on waiting until mm -hmm. she's awake and alert before it comes chasing again. Yeah. Well, and I do think it the timing of it does kind of change at times. It feels like it maybe doesn't always just start walking right away or maybe it likes to instill fear in you as much as possible before it happens. Because I will say there are times where, you know, Greg doesn't see it for days after they first like after they have sex, whereas Jay, I mean, when it happened to her, it only took a few hours for it to catch up to them. Mm -hmm. And then even when they're in the house and all that stuff happens with the tall man and stuff, it does take it a while to get up the stairs. That's true. I think sometimes it just doesn't necessarily start walking right away mm -hmm. or it just kind of like enjoys growing a paranoia inside of its victims because 
it the timing of it also why is man on the roof like yeah. that's the one time <laughs> it, imagery wise that it's shot dope. slaps like them pulling out and and her seeing this naked guy up on the roof and being like oh my god he was here that's so good but why? what possessed him what he had to climb he had to climb the gutters just right? to get up to the roof instead of going through the doors i right? just that's he was he by that time he was just fucking around i truly believe it he was just having a good old time because why are you up on my roof (laughs) maybe that's what it is maybe this thing is just so unbothered because it knows it's gonna get you eventually it's like look right i'm gonna catch up like regardless of how long i take i could stop at mcdonald's grab a full meal at some point i'm still gonna get you so maybe it's just like i'm not in a rush maybe that's the whole idea or i do think it would be a funny thought that after the beach sequence, it just got lost on the way back. It just couldn't find it. it was like, shit, did I take a left yeah. or a right? How do I get I back mean, to I, town? Wo- I wonder if it's just going in a straight line all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you would reach some moments where it'd probably take you a hot minute. Cause I'm not gonna lie. It does seem a little clumsy. That's the thing is I that I do actually like about this thing is it does also still have to adhere to limitations of the world. Mm-hmm. It can't just walk through a wall or walk yeah. through a door. It has to break its way in. And so presumably that would also mean that it would have to figure out ways to get around obstacles. Mm-hmm. And it might take a while. And so, yeah, maybe it just gets slowed down sometimes because the train's passing the train's passing through. It has to wait for the train. You know, it, it, <laughs> can we get the sequel like that. that is just following the creature getting from point A <laughs> to its destination and just what happens? <laughs> I think that'd be a lot of fun. It's called I Followed, I and it's a POV <laughs> POV of the creature just walking to its next victim. Oh my god! But yeah, I think it's just yeah, because even and even at the end too, the very last shot we get where the creature is following Paul and Jay, mm-hmm. it kind of looked like it was kind of speed walking. Either that or Paul and Jay were walking at the speed of slow because <laughs> it did seem like it was gaining some <laughs> some distance on them. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wonder if at times it kind of gets a little lackadaisical. But you're right. I feel like it probably knows eventually it'll catch somebody. Mm-hmm. So what's the rush? True, <laughs> true. But I, I, I mean, all of this is just theory crafting because a lot of it is purposefully left up for you Mm -hmm. to decide which i like again i enjoy when movies do that thoughtfully and they do it with purpose and i think that the things that are left unsaid or things that you have to kind of figure out on your own with it follows are fun things to theorize and fun things to kind of talk about um so i don't stress i don't stress those little things too too much (laughs) yeah but no it is it is fun to think about because i do think that another thing that's kind of cool about it is you don't learn any backstory you don't learn anything about it we barely i mean because hugh only knows what he knows and all he knows is he picked it up from some girl at a bar and he knows what he's learned about it and that's what he passes on to jay and nothing gets passed on past that point there's no research montage. There's no moment of clarity where they figure anything out. Nothing like that happens. So we don't know anything about what this is, why it's happening, what it wants. We don't even really know what it does. I mean, we see it a little bit with Greg. Um, what is happening? I mean, it really Round is. It me. is. It is. <laughs> 
juicing him, right? (laughs) (laughs) It it is. To a certain degree, it kind of is. I mean, yes, but also, like, what's the... What's the division there? Because I feel like now Greg's still dead, but it seemed like Greg had a much more pleasurable. Let me rephrase that. It feels like Greg had a much easier way to the afterlife than Annie did. Annie got all the way fucked up. So like Annie was twisted. Annie was a pretzel. And I and I just want to understand why the disrespect towards Annie. Like, what did Annie do to deserve that? Auntie Anne's. <laughs> I don't know because it kind of feels like it's like taking his life force mm-hmm. when it's doing all that stuff to him. It kind of looks like it sucks all the life out of him. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is just different for each person because also you do have to wonder. It does kind of feel like with the whole Jay situation at the very end in the with their final confrontation it does kind of feel like it would have been okay if it just killed her like it was it straight up did try to electrocute her Mm -hmm. and it did seem like it was going to be chill with that if she had died by electrocution it it seemed like that would have been fine yeah (laughs) so who knows what the true like motive for this creature is at the end of the day but it does make choices when when it decides to uh to off people for sure um i do like that despite the fact that hurting it does nothing i do like that it gets hurt though i don't know why it just kind of is fun to see it it adds maybe like a like a michael or a jason factor to it where it's like you see it take bullets and then just stand right back up um also the sequence in the pool with the blood i do the coloring of that Mm -hmm. is phenomenal i i still love that shot to this day um yeah but it's like it's kind of silly because it's like you can't hurt this thing. You can't stop it. But I mean, I guess you can't kill it, but apparently you can hurt right. it. Right. Slow it down. Slow it down a little, little bit. bit. But yeah, it's just there's there's a lot unsaid. There's a lot unknown about this creature. But again, it's kind of for the best because like it's more fun that way. I also think that there's something interesting to the idea that if people could note it, that this creature can interact with people who aren't cursed, but it's just that people don't notice that it's there. Yeah. I do think that that's an interesting idea, is that if we were to know that it was there, we could potentially get hurt or get in its way or be affected by it. But because we don't, it's n- kind of not an issue for us. Mm-hmm. Because it does, I mean, we multiple times kelly paul and yara see it or see it interacting with jay see it interacting with the world i mean kelly throws a sheet on it at one point and you can see the outline paul gets absolutely yoinked by it (laughs) at one point and so it is kind of a fun idea that it's it it is there you just can't there right yeah yeah i feel like that is something that could have felt kind of corny but it works for me. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then I guess one of my last questions is, what would you do if you had to deal with the creature? What would your plan of attack be? I mean, mm, that's so hard. I'm going to tell you what I wouldn't do. I definitely wouldn't do what Jay did at the very end with Paul. Mm. Um, because I, Paul... I, I I don't fault Jay <laughs> for what she did because at that point in time, the girl's exhausted. 
She's exhausted. Paul is sitting in her face talking about, I'll protect you. I want to do this, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Fine. But also at the same time, then they then you're just together all the time. And I don't, and I feel like Hugh, the piece of shit he was, the one thing that made sense that he said is like, it doesn't make sense for us to be together if this is going to happen because it's like, if it takes we can't protect each other, not really, mm-hmm. because if it takes you out, immediately it's just going to turn around and take me out. I mean, that almost happened with the Greg situation. Mm-hmm. How She didn't help him at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> she didn't, she wasn't able to help him, and then she had to leave right away. And so now I feel like, and I also feel like you kind of took away, if you and Paul were just going to be together, isn't it better that one of you isn't cursed? Because then... You've taken away the one thing that could help you know if that person is real or if it's the the thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, you both look at this person who's walking towards you. You both see him, but maybe he's the thing. Ooh. And now you don't have anybody to say, oh, no, that person's not really there. That's so, so true. So now you're both yeah. screwed. You're both looking at people who might not be there thinking that they're there <laughs> and nobody knows. And so I, it's one of those things where I don't fault Jay for not being able to just pass it on to any Joe Schmo or what have you. But I also don't think that passing it on to Paul was the best thing to do. Um, So for me personally, I, I mean, I would probably just fly a lot, which is crazy because I don't even like to fly, Mm -hmm. but I'd probably just bebop around to as many countries as possible. I bring someone with me who wasn't cursed who could keep an eye out on me or for me so that if I saw someone walking, making a beeline for me, I could be like, yo, do you see them? Mm-hmm. If they don't, we're on the move. <laughs> so we're, we're, we out. <laughs> we are out of here. I mean, I would probably just live like that until I got tired mm-hmm. and then I'd have to reassess from there <laughs> and just decide, <laughs> decide what my next move was. That's, I'm, I mean, I think that's fair. I do see that a lot in like comments and stuff of like people being like, oh, just fly to a different country or like get as far away as possible, um, which understandable, I suppose. But two devil's advocates for that. Um, one, what if it pops up on the plane? What do you mm-hmm. do? Like, what do you do? You're screwed. Right. That, 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 that's a wrap. There ain't nothing to be done there. Um, and then two it kind of bleeds into like my thinking about it too is I dude, I might, I I might have to agree with the Annie method and just like pick a nice spot and just say, Mm -hmm. that's a wrap because like, I'm already like, I'm an anxious person already. The idea pass it along or not pass it along. I'm always going to be thinking about this thing for the rest of my life. Every waking moment, I would be looking around paranoid and like you said earlier, like, I just don't think that's a that's a way to live. Like, nor does that sound like an appealing way to live. It's survival for sure. But I just I cannot imagine going weeks, months, years, just always second guessing if people are real or whatnot. You drive yourself nuts. Yeah. So I'm like, part of me wants to say like, oh, yeah, I just I do the same thing. Like, keep moving, keep traveling, just hermit my way until I can't anymore. But then the other side of me is just like, you know what, bro? Fucking twist me up, dog. Like, <laughs> hang me up like an ornament. Yeah. If you're going to twist me, twist me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bop it. Bop it if you will. But 
No, that's true. And also you saying that I would drive. I would do like a road trip mm. around the United States. I'd probably visit every state. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like once I finished, I would maybe then I'd just be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Was it Queen Latifah that did that movie where it's like she got the diagnosis? <laughs> the last holiday. The last holiday. Yeah, I, I just last holiday. You know, I do everything that I right. wanted to do. Enjoy it as much as I can. And then once I feel like I checked enough off the list, be like, right all right thing go ahead step up i do feel like one thing i thought too while watching it i feel like being in your car it would is not a wouldn't be a bad idea either like like even sleeping in your car because it would still if you lock the doors it still has to like break your window or something and at least you can drive away Mm, if something were to happen but yeah i'm like being in your cars not would not be i feel like the worst idea and then just kind of that way, if you needed to wake up and pedal to the pedal to the metal, then mm-hmm. you could. I will say I did find this one thing, not from anywhere pointing. It was just on the Wikipedia. But the director talking about Jay and just the creature in general, there was this little snippet where it's like, um, while Jay opens herself up to danger through sex, the one way in which she can free herself from that danger We're all here for a limited amount of time and we can't escape our mortality, but love and sex are two ways in which we can at least temporarily push death away. I do think that there is some poignancy to that where this idea is like the the act of sex got her into the situation that she's currently in, sure, but it's like enjoying those little bits of life that you can before death is Mm -hmm. kind of intertwined with this whole idea the creature does kind of symbolize this impending doom that we all have so it's Mm -hmm. like what do you do in the interim of that like how do you live your life until this thing finally catches up to you um i think that that's kind of poignant and like Mm -hmm. i like that mixed in with all of these like allegories of like what the creature represents and whatnot right and i guess that there is like just saying you know, through love and stuff, you could maybe have some reprieve. I do think that that's kind of shown a little bit because, like, she sleeps with Greg and they think that that's going to make her feel better and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But then when she sleeps with Paul, who she does like and he likes her, she is kind of back out in the world and they're kind of living whatever life they can together. Yeah, it's like they're screwed, but at least, like, they're but at least happy, they're happy for a moment. Screwed. <laughs> they're yes. happily screwed, yes. But also at the same time, it's I, I think that that's what it's meant to be, but that walk that they're walking at the end just looks like the most melancholy <laughs> walk home I've ever seen. They both look so bummed, yeah. understandably so. But, um, you know, maybe that is... I guess, if nothing else, she does have someone that she can rely on who loves her and who wants to be in this situation with her. And so that is nice. Like, yeah. that is nice that she can, they can have each other through this crazy scenario. And especially because Paul is someone who believed her from the beginning. He knows exactly what is happening and accepts it and still wants to be with Jay and still loves her. And it's like, we can do this together. And Greg did not give Jay that same security, that same safety. So yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it from that lens of Paul accepting that this is Jay's life and still wanting to be with her, that that is probably very comforting. 
for Jay, but it's still just a wild, wild move. I also will say, because I see some people who it's left a little ambiguous. I do not think that Jay slept with those men on the boat. I think she thought about it Mm. and didn't go through with it. I think very similarly to the way that at the end, Paul looks at those um, sex workers Mm -hmm. on the street and keeps driving by. I think it's a very similar thing. I think she thought about doing it and didn't go through with it. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like the movie would have somewhat... Fo- now, nah, nah, actually, I take that back. This is the type of movie that would have it happen and not say anything about it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I agree. I feel like the way that it's framed and knowing what we know about those characters, I don't think that they went through with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I just also think that especially for how quickly everything happens after that, and it gets back to her so quickly. I mean, I just, I don't think that it would have, I just don't think that she got anybody in front of her. I think that Greg was was her her last, which, if, if the, and if that's the case, then that means that there are only two people who die in this film. Mm-hmm. And It's crazy. It's, it's wild yeah. to think, but. It doesn't yeah. feel like it, but yeah. I mean, very low death count, but that's okay it doesn't need a high death count because the feeling that these we know that they're going to die in the future it's almost like this anticipation of their death is almost worse than i think seeing any of them actually die um so yeah i just think that this is like it's this movie goes by to me so quickly Mm -hmm. and like in a good way because and it's just such a satisfying story and it's weird because it's both a simple but also kind of a complex premise but it just works so well mm-hmm. as a full-on story and yeah i feel like talking about it a lot of this movie is sort of imagery and slices of life but also at the same time it feels like so much happens in this movie yeah it's like such a it's it's so strange to think of this film because there are very specific moments where there's a lot happening, but a lot of this movie is just imagery mm. and kids just sequences. And, mm-hmm. But it yeah. works. Shall we then uh, go ahead and rate this one? Uh, I do have a suggestion. Okay. Um, and I think you might like it because it is a little bit of alliteration, but... How would you feel about rating this one out of Seaside Stilettos? Ooh, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Do you know what the one I was going to um, suggest was? No, but I'd love to hear um, it. Crusty Kleenexes because there's that <laughs> there's that scene where they go visit the house that uh, Hugh had been staying in. And Paul fucking sits on his dusty mattress that has no nothing on it up in the, the attic and like picks up a porno magazine and all of these crusty tissues <laughs> stiff as a board roll off of the magazine and then Paul just starts flipping through the magazine like bro are you serious <laughs> Paul's a virgin he has to be a virgin he had to have been a virgin do you think I mean probably I'm trying to because I always wonder that because I think that what I do appreciate is for the most part, although sex is not, it's not evil, but it is kind of like a big catalyst in this film and this idea that bad, like 
this disease, this horrible thing was transmitted through sex. But I also do kind of appreciate that it's not like a virgin like story at the same time. Mm-hmm. If that like Jay, Jay is a sexual woman before this happens. Yeah. This is a horrible thing that happens in a horrible experience. Um, but you know, it's she was already someone who was having sex, as are many of the people who are in this movie. Paul is a question mark, but I also I also would truly believe if Paul was like, I'm saving myself for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. So I'm like, I there there is like uh, there's something weirdly poetic about Jay being his first, and I, I, it doesn't excuse the way that he acts for me at all. But like, it would add some things up if like he had never had sex before, and so right. like he was just really romanticizing this idea of Jay being his first time. Yeah, I could kind of see that, especially with what age he was. I was like, eh, mm-hmm. maybe. And um, she was his first kiss. True, true. <laughs> um, but all right, would you like to go first, or you want me to go first? Ooh, uh, um, I'll go first. Okay, hit me with it. What you thinking? Seaside stilettos, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna give this five seaside stilettos out of five. Okay, coming back in the gate with a, a five out of five. But I just it follows to me is just a basically perfect movie. I just there's nothing about this movie that I would want to change. There's nothing that it needs. There's nothing that needs to be taken away for it. The storytelling to me is just so well done. The premise is original and it obviously takes inspiration from things that we've seen before, but I think it spins these things and creates its own way of telling this story. This story that has so many different elements that somehow work together. Um, The acting in it is incredible. I think that not only Jay, but the entire group of people that we get to follow throughout this film, I enjoy following them. I am concerned for them. I care about them. I worry for them. And I think that the like the cinematography, the stylization of this film, the way of telling, of weaving this more mundane moments of life with these horrible things that are going on all together just creates a movie that honestly I feel like is so appealing to all sort like all kinds of people even I've shown this movie to people who don't even like horror movies and I feel like they've really really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and I yeah I love this movie I love rewatching it I'm still noticing things that I somehow hadn't noticed before and I just think that this is one of those movies where I still remember like the first time I watched it and how impressed I was and how much I loved it. And I still feel that feeling like mm-hmm. even today. And so, yeah, I just think five out of five seaside stilettos. I feel it. And honestly, same. Let's <laughs> go ahead and bring in October with an absolute double homie five out of five. Five out of five seaside stilettos. I really, really, I've always liked this movie. And like, similarly, seeing it the first time, I still remember that experience. Um, Definitely becoming enamored with it. And every subsequent watch since then has been great. Like, I've enjoyed it every single time. Nothing ever feels slow. The pacing always feels good. The acting feels great. The cinematography is beautiful. The soundtrack, bangers. Like, Mm -hmm. everything about this movie is good to me. 
And every time I watch it, I just enjoy it a little bit more, which for me isn't always the case when I rewatch films. So I love whenever I can find movies that are very easy to put on and just enjoy another time. I will say at the start of this conversation, I was sitting at a 4.9 out of 5 wholeheartedly because of the pool sequence and me not liking it. However, I do now recognize, just talking it out and thinking about it, it's, you know, it bothers me because it's such a dumb plan, but it's an imperfect plan made by a group of very panicked teenagers. Mm -hmm. I had to check my expectations in terms of, like, their ability to figure things out. And with that in mind, it doesn't bother me as much as, like, it did the first time. The first time I watched this movie, that was the one part that I didn't like. But now... I think it just adds into the characters and who they are and the stakes and the dire situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, so all in all, I fucking love this movie, man. It's a great movie. Um, I agree. I feel like this is a movie that you could just recommend to any audience and mm -hmm. they'll probably find something that they enjoy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this thing is really well made and it's a solid five out of five. Mm -hmm. Seaside stilettos from me. Yeah, I... I just love this movie so much. And I also wanted to say for a horror movie, I do think that the way that they handle like the whole situation with Jay and like this horrible thing that's happened to her, because it is a through line that like the way that she deals with the um, assault, which because it basically is it's, it was consensual. But what happens afterwards was not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really appreciate, I think that they do such a good job with like the post stress of all of that. And mm -hmm. I also just want to say um, that Micah Monroe's performance of it is also fantastic. Tens yeah. across the board. <laughs> across the board. <laughs> and honestly, this is the film that put Micah on the map for me. And like now, mm -hmm. like I'm checking for most of the stuff that she's in at this point. Mm -hmm. So, But that was It Follows. And we want to know what you homies think of this movie. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you could always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us also requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. You could also come into our Discord if you'd like. Discord is where the homies hang out and discuss not only horror movies, but just other things going on in their lives. If you guys would like to come through and say hello, we'd love for you to be in there. You can find the link for that in our social media bios as well. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. We never left. We've been on Twitch. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> but if you want to come through and hang out with us, especially in October, um, you can find us there every single Monday. You can also find the link for that in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you're so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It just recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an account, and haven't done that we'd love for you to over on spotify super easy you can leave us a rating just by clicking the stars underneath our name but that is it for us and our conversation about it follows we hope that you guys enjoyed it once again thank you guys so much for um having patience with us through our september break but we are back and we are so excited to bring more spooky content your way so we will be talking to you guys on the next episode catch you next time homies bye <laughs>